0: You're listening to War for Idiots, a podcast by idiots, for idiots.
1: Should we record Potential show? classes. Um, what should we do today's show on? on beatboxing? Or, I've actually found something we should do it on. What? What's that? Do you remember Unreal? Is that a... Yeah. Oh, Unreal Tournament? Yeah. Oh, oh. That's bringing back memories. Hey, you know how I started for the exam? How? I was so close on my laptop to getting some sort of strategy game, but I don't think my laptop can handle on. I can't. Like one of those strategy. Civilization games.
0: Oh, like, you so get addictive. That. You get that. You're so done. addictive.
1: So addictive. I bet you won't. Do you think Trump and other like world leaders just think that the world is just a game, like Civilization? It's like, yeah. oh, when are they going to evolve?
0: I think. At the risk of not being hacked, we should probably just not talk about good <laughs> leaders.
1: Yeah, because they all listen to this podcast. <laughs> you said Trump. You know he'll be listen. Okay, when you advertise this one, advertise it to Trump and see if he replies. All right, no worries. And I betcha right. he will not. Five dollars. Like five you, Australian dollars. No, I'm not taking that. In a row. I'm not taking do that it. Not do, not do, taking it. do it. I'm not taking it. Let's record the show. Do it. <laughs> let's record his longest preamble ever. Oh my God. Um, I feel like I won that though.
0: Yeah, no, you did, but if you don't Okay, (laughs) ladies and
1: gentlemen, boys and girls, hello and welcome (coughs) back to another episode of War for Idiots, WFI, 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 WFI. So, uh, we're back. Mick, hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, now we are, of course, your hosts. I am Rich, the Nincompoop. I'm pretty sure you've spelt Nincompoop right. I can see that you are playing with it. Uh, whoa, whoa! I am not playing with your Nincompoop. Let me just take. Just it. Oh, I'm the halfwit, <laughs> Mick the halfwit, and we are indeed the idiots that you have been looking for. And today we are talking about a very exciting, a very c- contemporary concept, and that is the concept, of course, of multi-domain battle, yawn, also known as MDB, MDB. MDB. Which sounds like some sort of weird internet term, multi-domain battle. Like
0: multi-domain it's. battle. If you put an I in front of it, international multi-domain battle, it's IMDB, which is also...
1: Internet movie database. Think about it. Internet movie data? Yeah, think about it. What do think- you mean? Think- <laughs> just think about it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Hey. Uh, okay, so who are we? Well, we are, or we like to think of ourselves as, the wills of war. No, we don't. Um, except we're not going to eat each other.
0: I don't know if they ate each other. Which is exactly what
1: Burke and Wills did. Did they? they Today, we're we're going to be talking about war at an accessible level. They do. Now, we're not here to discount the significance of war. We're not making fun of it. We're just making it more approachable. And today's topic is that of multi-domain battle, also known as... M-D-B. Oh, very good. Hey, did you like my voice? Because I think I sounded pretty deep. How deep did I sound? No, no. He's got it back. He's got it back. All right, let's start with a quote. Now I'm depressed. Can I read the quote? Please.
0: Our business is infested with idiots
1: who try to impress by using pretentious jargon. That quote is by David Mackenzie Ogilvie, who was an advertising tycoon and founder of Ogilvie and Mather. He's also known as the father of advertising. Business infested by idiots. Do you think there's any business out there that could claim that they currently don't have an infestation of idiots? Well, I think most of them would claim that because it's probably bad for business to claim the other way. Yeah, okay, well, that's true. It's ironically not a great advertising campaign to yeah. say that. Unless, <laughs> you know, unless, unless you're a podcast. <laughs> unless you're a podcast called for Idiots. It's aiming to appeal <laughs> to idiots. Yes. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this <laughs> podcast is infested by idiots. Like literally full of them. Thank you, David Ogilvie. Uh, you will be missed. Okay, so we're, today we're talking about multi-domain battle. What is multi-domain battle? Well, you may or may not have heard about this term. I have probably like most people heard of the term, but knew very little about the term. Mick, what do you know about multi-domain battle?
0: Look, I know that it is at risk of becoming a fad.
1: Oh, um, showing the cards early.
0: I think, you know, multi-domain battle. so the people that haven't listened to the show before when we've talked about the domains, the domains are air, land, uh, sea,
1: We're we'll space, in we'll go cyberspace.
0: I know, oh, but we can't talk about multi-domain battle what is without saying what the domains are basically but it's basically a way of conceptualizing warfare across all the battles so you're not just thinking across about all the
1: domains or than all the battles all the battles as well <laughs> okay. okay multi-battle <laughs> domain warfare <laughs> multi-battle battle come on i even leaned back in my chair and put my hands in <laughs> the air like you i'm went, proselytizing you went into like oracle mode <laughs> anyway. well,
0: what it is, in my mind, is it's a way of making sure that you don't stovepipe the way you think about conducting okay. a war.
1: stovepipe's a good word. All right, that's yeah. interesting. What about you? Well, look, um, I, as I said, I didn't really know much about it before. I was heavily influenced by you. You know, we've spoken about this concept before. <coughs> You've got a very strong opinion on it, which I'm sure you're going to express by the end of the show. So I didn't really know too much about it. Um, but it's very much related to Domain, hence the, uh, the title of the entire thing. But let me read something from you. Now, this is from the frequently asked questions on the american TRADOC website oh, yeah, and it's a it just... training and doctrine for non-military listeners. training and doctrine website and um and this is how it describes multi-domain battle and i quote what is multi-domain battle well multi-domain battle describes a coordinated u.s army and u.s marine approach for combined arms in the 21st century it addresses the challenges posed by sophisticated peer adversary threats in the 2025 to 2040 time frame An environment in which all domains are contested, and this is important, land, air, maritime, space, and cyberspace, and across the electromagnetic spectrum. Um, So that brings up the first area that I think is certainly worth talking, and that is, what is a domain? Like this, you know, what is a domain? What is so different about multi-domain? Do we need to think about, you know, multi-domain as a, a way of battle, which essentially, what MDB is trying to get us to do. So, Mick, tell us, what is a domain? Domain is an
0: area or territory that is owned or controlled by a particular ruler or
1: government. Okay, so when we talk about domain, we're talking about some sort of territory, some sort of defined yeah. area. And traditionally, if you were to say to me, okay, domain is territory, I'd be like, cool. Draw a Got box. It. Got it. Draw a box on this piece of land. What, you know What they originally started to do, draw or... Think about a box over this part of the ocean, okay, that's yeah. that's a domain. Territorial seas, part of a domain. Exactly. You know, World War One less so, more so in World War Two and beyond. Hypothetical lines in the sky. This is our air domain. You yeah. know, we think about a, a nation. Or if you're
0: a sky rider, actually lines in the sky. Uh,
1: That's too deep. It's too deep. deep. Um, But if you're a nation, you know, you think about your land, you think about if you have sea, you also think about the airspace as well. But what this is addressing is that there's potentially new domains. Now, I say new in uh, what are those things called? Fingers? In finger comments. Oh, quotation marks. (laughs) Because to some people, they may not be as new as other new people might define them. Stop saying new. (laughs) So let's talk about these other domains. Cool, which ones are we talking about? Space. Whoa. What's the deal with space? Uh, How is it a domain? Space? Because it is not a territory.
0: Space is where robots are born. No, <laughs> that's not true. Space as a domain, uh, and I've covered this on my other show. You may not know this, Rich, but I do another show called the Dead Prussian Podcast. Mm-hmm. But on that other show, I talked to a guy named Bledon Bowen, and he talks a lot about space, because what a lot of people fail to understand these days is that space warfare is already here, man. Like, satellites yep. in orbit yep. that service military requirements... Are part of the space domain
1: of warfare. Wow. Okay. Let's 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 break that down because I have never really thought about it in that way before. If you were to say to me, space warfare is already happening, I immediately jump to what kinetic activity is happening. Yeah. When are we invading Mars? When are we invading Mars? What's being shot at? Like I'm thinking, is there a, something that can be launched from beyond the stratosphere? You know, to apply to warfare. But I really like. You know, what you're saying there yeah. is that it doesn't have to be something kinetic. It's something that enables... But it more... can be also. We well, also have satellite killer missiles. Yeah, right. Okay, so we
0: have missiles to take out satellites. So missiles that are designed to operate against targets in
1: space. And we have satellites that enable the act of war and warfare to occur. On sea. On land, on air, sea, on, in on air. In cyberspace. Oh, my God. In my the mind. Electromagnetic space. My expansion. mind is just like just... So is space the ultimate domain? No, you can't get a food up there or live up there. That's interesting. Okay, so space yeah. is a remain because it enables and or could participate in warfare yeah,
0: as well. And and really if you think about it, it, it may be a vast nothingness, but yeah. geographically it's
1: still an area yeah, that's true. in which you seek influence. Can I ask can I can I say something that'll highlight my idiocy? Yeah. When researching for it. when researching this topic, I literally Googled who owns space. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say a lot of random things come up <laughs> a lot of random things come up okay let's talk china. about let, china obviously let's talk about another one cyberspace yeah what's the dealio with cyberspace and how could could this be a domain for warfare so
0: interestingly enough yep. uh just recently and i've had the piss taken out of me by a couple of historians at warm World, but just recently i read the first book to mention cyberspace so i was first mentioned in a um in a short story, and then written, then in a book called Neuromancer by William Gibson, I think it is. Oh yeah. Uh, and he talks about cyberspace. And, the, and if you read the book, what year? It's very what, trippy. What, what time frame? Nineteen eighty-three. Wow. He first mentioned, or 82 83 He first mentioned cyberspace in a short story in the late seventies. Yeah. But cyberspace is hard to think of as a domain because it's not a geographic area.
1: Yeah, space you can see. You can see air. Yeah. <laughs> you can see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can see water. You see land. How do you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a territory. It's not a space.
0: And and if you, if you need to put some sort of physical boundaries on cyberspace to get your head around it, think of the server locations. Think of the wires. Mm. Think of the satellites. So cyberspace is not just the electronic buzz inside, but okay. it's all those elements that enable cyberspace as well. So you've yeah. got to think of the servers. You've got to think of the um, optic cabling, fiber optic cabling that enables these linkages to happen, you've got to think of the, cyber, the satellites. Yep. So here's a question for you. Hit if me. I take out a satellite that is uh, dedicated to providing internet services to a military organisation in space, that am that I doing war? space warfare or am I doing cyberspace warfare? Uh, uh, um, we're not going to answer on this show because we're idiots, but <laughs> I'm just going to put it out deep, there. That's deep, man.
1: That's deep. Hey, okay. listeners,
0: if, you've got a, if you have an opinion on whether or not the destruction of an uh, internet service providing satellite for a military force in space is space warfare or cyber warfare would love to hear from you
1: hashtag space or
0: hashtag cyber
1: let's get the debate going do it i'm going for space
0: all right and now the next domain i just really not interested in
1: no you got to talk about it electromagnetic (laughs) spectrum
0: so electromagnetic spectrum is all the magic that happens (laughs) (laughs) between communication (laughs) devices
1: (laughs) you were so smart until you said magic
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's how I see it, so um, (laughs) it's about radio
1: waves, frequencies, all those sorts of things. Okay, and how you you affect it. Okay, so let's go through these three again, but I want to put it through the scope of are these domains... Do we have a scope? Are these domains worthy of being included into the mind of military professionals, and why? So let's talk about through the scope of warfare. Is a military mind capable? (laughs) Space, we've covered. Now, yes. cyberspace. How are you going to use cyberspace <laughs> as a domain within the construct of application of warfare? Well,
0: in the in the US, they've got this thing called Cyber Command. So oh, yeah. they've got a whole combatant command dedicated. I'm picturing
1: a warehouse full of the nerdiest nerds in the entire world. Well, so
0: the problem is the nerdi- Please don't
1: attack me, Cyber Command. I'm so sorry I said that. The nerdiest nerds <laughs> don't want to join the military. Oh, that's so true. That's,
0: that's true. what people think. But then when you think of guys like Mark Zuckerberg, supposed to be this awesome Uber cyber dude, right? Yeah. Programmer, all that sort of stuff. I know he's not a cyber dude, but... But you look at him, he doesn't look like what movies typically portray a hacker or a, a computer geek as. You know, he's fit, he's healthy, he's clean cut. That's true. That's kind of what cyber warriors look like. But their role is to use computer software okay. to influence yep. their adversary, okay. and they do that by attacking other computer software and systems. A good example is the Stuxnet virus that has not been attributed to a, a nation, but rumored to have been a joint operation between the US and, and Israel. Where this was a virus that infected the um, uh, what is it the, um, the skater systems? Uh, I can't remember what skater stands for, but just look it up. SCADA systems of the Iranian nuclear um, enrichment program. So yeah. what it did was it it made an irregular rotation of the centrifuges, but at the same time provided data back to the scientists monitoring the centrifuges that everything's cool. Wow! And this irregular rotation speeds. Uh, in the end, caused physical wear and tear wow. and destroyed the centrifuges. Huh. So, some computer geeks, whoever came up with this virus, were able to deploy it as a weapon and create real world physical
1: uh, effects affects, yeah. to achieve
0: the political outcomes desired. fascinating.
1: I mean, I think cyberspace, I think about cyberspace attack and I think about the movie Hackers from yeah. 2000. Who's got re- Angelina Jolie? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. And realistic. Or the net net from Sandra Bullock. It's got a Trojan. Oh my God, she's sending an email. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about (coughs) uh, electromagnetic spectrum. So this is where your uh, electronic
0: warfare experts come into it.
1: Right. And these
0: people are the ones who use uh, effects within electromagnetic spectrum to jam radio waves to stop uh, your adversary from communicating. Okay. They also are able to boost your own um, communications and just do all sorts of nasty things based on that. You can detect things in electromagnetic spectrum like heat waves, which I think are on the infrared spectrum, I don't know if that's a... Okay, well, okay, so,
1: yeah, no, that's good. All right, so let's summarize. Multi-domain battles is about talking about the addition- Complex stuff. Complex, the addition of these three new domains. We knew we had land, maritime, air, but in application, we're also adding now, space, (coughs) cyberspace, and the electromagnetic spectrum. Yeah. So now that we have to consider double the amount of domains. My question to you: That's twice as much, actually. That's twice as much, almost. Do these domains change the character of warfare, or do they change, you know, the whole nature of war itself as we look forward uh, into the future and, and applying these three domains in future combat?
0: What are your thoughts? Well, there's a lot of people that say yes. In fact, I've had I've had raging Twitter debates. Um, out of all the raging things you want to have, a Twitter, Twitter debate, debate is not is, it. it. It's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty gross. Um, But there's a lot of people that believe that multi-domain battle fundamentally changes the nature of war. I disagree. Wow,
1: that's interesting.
0: I disagree, because multi-domain battle, as I said before, is a way of removing the mental stovepipes that make you think specifically of land, specifically of air, specifically of the maritime environment, or specifically of cyberspace. I don't think there can be a better way of removing those stovepipes by thinking holistically of something as just war. Mm. Not just war, war, mm. you know, as, as opposed to the ethical philosophy of just war. So what I'm trying to say, poorly, is that mm-hmm. I don't think it changes the nature of war. It has an effect on the character of war because mm. the character of war is all about how, you, how the war is conducted. Mm. But the fundamental nature of war is not changed by these things. They just introduce new tools yep. and new areas
1: where you can apply and where that nature has become relevant. Listen up, listeners. Uh, get on social media. Let's um, let's start the debate. Does having the double ing of our domains, uh, in accordance with the multi-domain battle type of approach that seems to be coming into the American military, does that in fact change the character, or does that change the nature, or does that change both? Yeah. Of, how, of about, war? how about
0: a hashtag
1: MDB nature or character? Yeah, good. And then, um, and then, so what does that mean? And you know, it, this is a, a debate worthy of having because it thinks it changes our whole relationship of what we want to do with warfare as we go forward. Okay, so let's explain. Let's let's explore the concept a little bit more, starting with where did the concept of multi-domain battle actually come from now this starts uh, a little while ago with a concept uh, from the Cold War established again by the Americans known as air land battle air land battle have you heard of this before Mick
0: I have Um, and there's another one I think there's an land sea battle or maybe that's just everything but yeah air land battle so air land
1: battle was the overall conceptual framework that formed the basis of the US Army's European warfare Correction, War Fighting Doctrine from 1982 into the late 90s. Further, this quote says the air land Battle emphasised close coordination between land forces acting as an aggressively manoeuvring defence and air forces attacking rear echelon forces feeding those front line enemy forces. So, as the name suggested, it was the integration of land-air and it was developed in the Cold War to defeat a state adversary such as Russia. Mm. However, if we apply this concept that, hey, to defeat that country, we're going to utilize air and we're going to utilize land. And it's going to be a battle. And it's going to be a battle awesome. in 2017. We awesome. can immediately see you know, some striking deficiencies within the conduct of very recent conflicts. Hey, Give me with, an example. With that logic, though, if I was eating something with a
0: fork, yep. I'd call it... Fork food eating. Fork
1: mouth battle.
0: <laughs> anyway, so, no, so a good example of airland battle is actually Gulf War 1, 1991. Yep, yep. So, uh, Operations Desert Shield and then Desert Storm were seen as a proving uh, mm. ground, or a proving battleground, yep. uh, if, I, if I may, uh, on the concept of airland battle because of the overwhelming firepower, firepower shock and awe that the US could introduce into the battlefield through this coordination of an aggressive air force and a
1: manoeuvring defensive uh, land force. Yeah, that's right, and then we fast forward, same country, uh, 12 years later, 2003 going into Iraq. They went back into Iraq? (laughs) We landed on the moon! You just reminded me of my (laughs) favourite Dumb and Dumber (laughs) quote. Um, You think about sort of conflicts post 9-11 around the world and you think if they just try to apply just the concept of air, land, battle, then some deficiencies may have occurred as a result. Now, I'm not yeah. here to, you know, the debate is out there. Was this the reason why there might have been a, an uphill struggle to get to where we are now or continue to be? Um, or was it for other sort of compounding reasons? Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean air battle, 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 land <laughs> battle was heavily influenced by the US's design not to return to counterinsurgency warfare after Vietnam. Yeah,
1: that's, and, and you know what, I was thinking the other day we should do a counterinsurgency one.
0: We should, uh, which country? Oh, Uh, sorry, you mean episode, not go fight one. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's actually more comfortable. Watch me, I want to make Mick angry. We should do one on uh, the strategy of counterinsurgency. (laughs) (laughs) Makes him so angry. hate you so much. Okay, so so the evolution of multi domain (laughs) battle saw from this sort of focus on just the two domains through experience that. A military force within a modern construct of uh, conducting warfare needs to focus on all six domains simultaneously. And this is really what the crux of multi-domain battle is. Yeah. It is one enemy, one area, but applying six domains in a kind of, we'll go on to say layered effect in order to achieve victory, as opposed to just focusing on two, three or four, It is. A focus on all six at the same time, and arguably, it's more flexible than airland battle was in terms of dealing with non-state actors. Now, if you go onto the internet and you Google multi-domain battle, you will get a plethora of feedback because everyone who was anyone is writing about multi-domain battle. Yeah, we picked a few. Uh, The first one is from a guy. Uh, from Israel, I believe his name is Smuel. Smuel. Shmuel. Shmuel. That's his real name,
0: uh, and his... it's like Samuel. Samuel with a H instead of the A. That, that's right. Now so we don't mean to be culturally insensitive. That's it's just different. Different.
1: But we found this uh, article on war on the rocks, and it is called the multi-domain battle, Airland battle, once more with feeling just a side note as yeah. a big fan of musical
0: theater once more with feeling is one of my favorite ever quotes whenever you say something that
1: you're redoing once more with feeling it's great oh is it hey I'm soldiers go like... back clean your weapons once more once with more feeling. feelings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they so what um, hated me. so what samuel in this uh article is doing is he's he's providing us a really nice easy palatable introduction into the concept of multi-domain battle and what i like most about um, what I like most about his article is that, and why I would recommend it to all military professionals and professionals who are just interested in multi-domain battle, is mm. that he's starting a debate. Yep. He's asking us, is multi-domain battle a fundamentally new way that the USA is going to wage war, or is it just an upgraded concept of airland battle? Have they just got an airland battle and applied the other four domains onto the top of it? Mick, what are your thoughts?
0: Oh, I, think, I think it's good as a primer. It's also good to challenge... Uh, what um, Schmuel's written done has challenged people's constant love of rebadging the same thing mm. with a new name. Mm. So I, I, I like that he's gone, hey, come on. Is this just the same thing with new domains? Mm. Is it the same thing with new domains? So why don't we just call it Airland Sea Cyberspace Battle? Because <laughs> you don't have to say space
1: twice. With feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about yourself? Look, I. I I'll I'll wrap this up towards the end of the episode, but I don't think it's something new, but I think it's worthy of being called something new. And I'll I'll come back to that point as we get towards the end. That's good. Okay. Um, I'm
0: intrigued.
1: Now, our next one, our next article.
0: If I read the show notes, I'd probably... You probably already know exactly what I was (laughs) going to
1: say. Mick likes to do uh, very much impromptu, spontaneous podcasting. (laughs) I do all the work to do show notes, and he's just like, hey, you did show notes. (laughs) I find it limits the amount
0: of effort I have to put in. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Too too true, too true. Okay, so the next one is from the Small War, uh, sorry, Small Wars Journal. Good journal. Um, It is by a good friend of the show, Amos Fox. Amos! And it is entitled, Multi-Domain Battle, a perspective on the salient features of an emerging operational doctrine. It says Amos C. Fox here, we should probably refer to him as Amos C. Fox. Amos uh, continues to provide some really good stuff, some really good thought-provoking stuff. Now, in this article, he provides a really good, again, introduction to what multi-domain battle is, and more so about how the American is uh, you know, anticipating it's gonna adopt it or already has adopted in some way, shape, or form. Now, what I always like about what Amos produces, now, I, I think we're saying Amos wrong, actually, but anyway, uh, Amos? <laughs> I, I think it's. I just, I, just, I just don't want to say what it sounds like, so I'm going to um, say Amos I, rather than Amos, which sounds a lot like something else. What I like about what A. Fox has written <laughs> is that he weaves in history and he weaves in contemporary theories, he, he weaves in concepts and examples, you know, it is a, a comprehensive good article to get you thinking about multi-domain battle, he does not disappoint here. Uh, what he does is he breaks down the concept of multi-domain battle into something that he calls proximal dominance. Mm. And it's a concept of achieving dominance within a particular domain of the forces within the proximity of that. And basically, proximity is defined by the domain in which that yeah. you are applying it. It's, it. It seems very convoluted, but it's a great article. Um, he explains what dominance is. He explains it's very much a layered effect. <laughs> I love a good diagram. He's got heaps yeah. of diagrams in there diagrams are good. that explain it. Um, so a good explanation of multi-domain battle. Check it out um, and see whether you think it is worthwhile or not. Simple men like pictures. Now, the final uh, writing that I want to interrogate is from this guy. I'm not sure if you've heard of him before. Nathan Finey? Nathan Finey. Nathan I, Finey? I, I believe it's pronounced Nathan. Nathan Finney. Nathan Finey. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nathan, Nathan Finney, Finney. He is a very good friend of the show, a very yeah. good friend of ours. He is writing uh, on this case as part of the Australian Strategic and Policy Institute. Um, and his work is entitled Integration Warfare. Now, you're not going to read this and get your normal take on multi domain battle. I would strongly suggest, you know, if you want to read three articles, read these ones in the order that we've just stated them, yeah. because he's going to give you a very interesting point of view on multi domain battle. Mick, tell yeah. us about what he writes.
0: Well, he writes a lot of things, doesn't
1: he? <laughs>
0: good. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the good thing about what uh, Nate has done here is he, he's applying it to the human element. Yeah. Another article he's released. He talks about how you know uh, warfare isn't an iPhone, and just certain apps aren't going to fix it. Yep. Um, it's probably in this article. Uh, he, he writes a
1: lot, so I read yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah, um, So, so in this one, right? He 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 yeah. starts off, and I was like, okay. What I like most about this article is I read it and I had no idea what his opinion was. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because, I, but I just thought about it so much more until he mentions the iPhone. Well, even even with the iPhone. So he starts it off by saying, and I quote. Uh, enter multi-domain battle a concept designed to address the diminishing ability of commanders to wage a joint fight effectively on the future battlefield and to me I thought he was like dissing um, yeah. the current structure it, it, sounds, it
0: sounds sarcastic it? it's
1: almost it sounds sound sarcastic but what he does is he uses the concept of an iPhone yeah and he says hey when the iPhone first came out the iPhone didn't do anything that we weren't already doing it didn't do anything new that we didn't already do Unless with phones. If you're taking pictures of those things with the iPhone. But what the iPhone did was brought all the things that we used to do into one location. Yeah, that's right. And the aggregation of everything that an iPhone used to do changed our relationship with technology. Yeah, it did So, you know, thinking about the one thing that can do everything made us think about that one thing in a completely different light. And now he's applying that to multi-domain battle. Yeah. Um, what I really like, as I said to you before, is you read this article, he starts with that sarcastic, sarcastically, arguably sarcastic line. Probably wasn't. Probably wasn't. But ends with a very thought-provoking concept where is this new or is it just because we've aggregated everything? It seems new, and does that really matter? And it's really, it's really good. I really yeah. like it. Um, <coughs> I really like that we call him Finno. Yeah. That's his Australian nickname <laughs> for anyone that's listening. It's good that it's good
0: um, also that. Not only just that he's discovered the term Furphy as well, which is, <laughs> yeah. which is not fake news, by the way. Furphy is useful. Uh, fake news is not. Um, but it, it's good that he addresses you know, a concept but tries to put it in terms of a human's interaction and relationship with the concept. Yeah, yeah.
1: That, 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 is, that is a really like, good point. A lot of That's articles really talk
0: about concepts, but they don't apply them to a, how a human is going to implement a concept or yeah. grapple with a concept and yeah. how then that that implementation and grappling with the concept may then change the human's perspective, which may then have the evolution of the concept go forward and forth. And that's what's happening. a lot of people get to it, but no one's actually, you know, this is one of the first ones I've read where it's actually, is explained. And Maybe you're right, the metaphor of the iPhone actually was a lot, um, was, was very apt, because m- most of this serious stuff needs to be applied to humans. And if you don't talk yeah. about how people interacting with the concept is going to change the concept, and change the human's
1: understanding of the concept, then the conceptual stuff can just stay in the classroom. Exactly, exactly. So, some good things out there. Um, So, let's finish up. What is multi-domain battle? Well, multi-domain battle. battle. Multi-domain battle, according to TRADOC, according to the US Army, (coughs) is the way that the Americans are gonna wage war in the future. Mm. So, it's important for all of us. It's got a lot of heavy hitters behind it, and it seems to be the way that that organization is generating, and, and generally they set the sort of trends of the application of warfare throughout its evolutionary process. Um, And it is about acknowledging the three additional domains to land, sea, and air, which I pop quiz. Mick, top of your head. Subspace, electromagnetic, spectrum, and space. Applying those to the three that already existed, which were? (laughs)
0: <laughs> land and i'm going to say c so i hate saying maritime because maritime involves land because
1: maritime sounds like you're having a merry time
0: i am having a merry time
1: um it's applying those six domains into the one aggregated battle space yep. and understanding that to defeat a future enemy it's not about doing this domain then that domain then that domain it's about all six domains being applied yep. not 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 simultaneously in time but simultaneously appreciated and then layered towards an effect yep. that would and i quote from uh from a dot fox yeah. um, to get into the inner core of the enemy by reducing their layers that are protected by the six domains yeah. and defeating them. So that's essentially, you know, in a nutshell what multi-domain battle is. Now the debate that's going to be out there is is it new, is it old, is it worthy, is it not? Does it matter? Does it matter? I'm going to give you my opinion and then we'll ask Mick for his <laughs> opinion. And my opinion is that I really like the concept. Now, I really like the concept, and I said before that uh, I don't think it's new, but I think it's worthy of being called something new, because I think if you say that, hey, we're going to do this thing now called multi-domain battle, then it just changes the way people think about things, you know what I mean? Now, if you think about the, the theories of change management framework, all right? there's, there's many ways you can get an organisation to change, but one way that you can get the organisation to change is to change the framework of, from which they operate in, and then mm. they will just adjust and towards that change. So I don't think there's any danger of saying, this is the framework that we are now going to conduct warfare because it forces people to adjust. I don't think it matters that half of it is arguably what we've been doing already for quite a few years. Two of the domains we've always been doing for our entire lifetime, you know, existence yeah. of humans. I don't think that matters at all. I just think that when we look forward, this is the framework that we want to start thinking about warfare in the future. Yeah. I think that's healthy. So yeah, it's, it's still ball, but this is how we play ball now. Exactly. I don't mind that it's called multidimane battle. I don't care if people say that it's new um, because I don't think it changes anything. But what I do care is if people stop studying history because they only focus on what's the future and that is million battle. That, I think, is the probably only yeah. danger of saying, hey, we've got this new thing, let's focus on it.
0: Yeah, I um, I have similar thoughts to you. Although I'm torn, walking. I'm torn between a Ooh. purist theoretical self and uh, a pragmatist. I, the purist in me, uh, really, really uh, gets irked, mm. peeved when we hear all these new concepts come out, and they go, "This is new. Hybrid warfare is new." Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. You know, multi-domain battle is new. Well, some of the domains are new, but what you're doing in them kind of looks a lot like what you do in the other domains. Yep. Just the practical way of implementing that is different. Um, but, like I've said with limited warfare, like I've said with hybrid warfare, I do think there is an inherent value, because humans like categorizing things, there is an inherent value mm-hmm. in labeling something mm-hmm. in order to explain, mm-hmm. uh, encourage the change management process, yep. um, I'll use a military term, zero everyone onto Whoa. the way we do things now, yep and have them understand and implement the way they do things. I think if you don't use labels like this and you just call everything war, that's okay from a classroom, it's okay sitting down reading a book by dead Prussians, but it may not help the person who actually has to try and understand how they break down the defenses of an enemy that now has six domains operating. Exactly. And also, it's introduced things like tactical cyber. So imagine tactical space. Wow. wow! Although I think a GPS receiver could be considered tactical space. At that's that
1: very true. That's very um,
0: true. So well, I'm not the biggest fan of the term, but I do believe that it is very, very useful, particularly for the practitioner. Absolutely.
1: I think it is an evolution in warfare, not a revolution in war. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Oh, you've written that down. I've you? written that down. That's but awesome. That's my words. That's my words. That's, word. that's good. Um, okay, so that's it. Look. I hope you've enjoyed Man, our really take. Insightful. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed our uh, take on Multi-Domain Battle. Yep. I hope that we've prompted you to go out there and read about it, because I think it's important for everyone to, to understand, yep. and it's more important for everyone to have their opinion, because we've got to have these debates. Make sure you read Finno's stuff. He's not going to be around Australia long, so that's read it right. while you can. Are we going to do an episode with Finno? Uh,
0: he's coming on the Dead Prussian.
1: Oh, uh, that's insulting.
0: No, 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 you <laughs> misunderstand. He didn't want to do an interview with you.
1: <laughs> ah, ah, that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, look, we hope you enjoyed our take on multi-domain battle. Join us on uh, social media to discuss any topic you'd like. You can check us out on our Facebook well, page. Just keep it, keep it clean. That's anyway. facebook.com forward slash war for idiots. You yep. can get us on Twitter at war numeral for idiots. Mick, you're on Twitter at? I'm at Mick underscore cook and I am at Richie underscore t, t, t. We continue to have merchandise, it continues to not be selling, but that doesn't matter because we do this for the love, not yeah, that's the merch. right.: So it is high price, high quality. Um, high price, high quality. You still have a chance to be one of the first people to purchase
0: Yeah, so, so some of the dead Prussian stuff rolling out the door. I'd love to see some of the Warford Idiot stuff roll right out the
1: door. I think when you say rolling out the door, you should use quotation marks, rolling out the door. No,
0: no, no, like most of it's round.
1: Oh, got it, got yeah. it, yeah, okay, my bad. Um,
0: is it much
1: like our listeners? Whoa.
0: No, no, no. you misunderstand. I think they're fat. (laughs) Don't
1: worry, they never never listen this far anyway. (laughs) That's right. As soon as they hear the social media plug, they're out of there. They're gone. Okay, so until next time, uh, this is Rich. And this is Mick. And we are signing off. But remember... We may be idiots. But maybe, perhaps, so are you. War for Idiots is a TDP production. All opinions expressed by
0: individuals on the podcast are those of the individual and not necessarily representative of any other organisation. The music used during War for Idiots is Fireworks by Jazar and is used under an Attribution Share Alike 3.0 international licence.